0: Fight in the set. Action. Welcome everyone to The Movie Machine, a podcast presented by Hot Chocolate Media, where we create a movie with three funny people based on a random prompt on the internet. I'm joined by three people who are just so hot right now coming off the success of Dr. Strange. They're all involved in the movie. We have Jacob Gulliver, who is the motion capture actor for The Cloak of Levitation. Excellent work. Ben Listen, who gave Mad Mickelson eye drops with all that... Eyeball makeup. Just make sure his eyes didn't dry out. And James Fairbairn, who is Tilda Swinton's head shaver for the movie, excellent work, gentlemen. Congrats on the success. Based on the success, you've been handed an opportunity to make a new movie. So, really quick, did did you shave just her head or all of her?
1: Uh, the whole weasel. Okay, the whole thing. And let me tell you, her scalp, uh, and and in fact, her her skin all over. Exc- I believe it. Absolutely exquisite.
0: All right. Here's the prompt that this studio has given you. This is a surreal comedy. The main character is a lazy bartender. The start of the story is addiction. And the end of the story, sport. Sport.
2: Okay. So I think I got this figured out. I want to start the story in uh, a bar. In the Midwest, it can be kind of any Midwest town. Really, it doesn't need to be any specific one in this case. We want to follow our bartender, Michael. Michael has been a bartender for close to 20 years. Starting to get past his prime, um, feeling very lost, feeling very um, unhappy with the the world. And every once in a while, he sees something kind of shady happen in his bar, or something like a little unusual, a little odd. Uh, and he thinks, you know, maybe I should look into it, maybe I shouldn't, you know, if maybe I don't stick my nose in it. I can, you know, not have to worry about that kind of stuff. But one afternoon, he just has the worst day and it just is not good. He's not liking it at all. And he sees somebody harassing one of these other customers. He goes and he, he intervenes. He prevents this, this gentleman from hassling another gentleman in the bar. And the guy hastily leaves and he finds this little packet on the table. It's like a little envelope. Uh, he takes it um, into the back room and inside is something kind of odd. It's uh, a syringe and it's it's filled with this like bright blue liquid. And it there's a whole like list of notes and things like preparations and like how to take it. And he decides that, you know what? Today was just the shittiest day. I'm just gonna take this and I don't know where it's gonna go But honestly, I don't care because my life's kind of in the shitter and then from then on out He drains the syringe into himself from then on out the world goes completely bonkers completely topsy-turvy Everything is not as it seems he starts becoming a little bit paranoid um, he starts feeling this like pang of trying to like get more of this stuff whatever it is and He has this, like, odd urge to search for other people like himself, like other people who have taken this drug. He somehow knows, like, other people have taken this drug, and I need to find them. I don't know why, but I'm going to go on. So he's on this kind of crazy adventure looking for these other people who have taken this drug... And then as, as he starts to encounter more of them, things start to kind of fall into place. And I don't want to quite ruin the ending yet, but the people who have taken this drug are going to be involved in kind of like a, an underground fight club thing. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with this. Um, and I, I'm really hoping that I can get a little bit more from you guys in terms of like the, the style and look, because it's, it's kind of losing my head right now
0: you have a title for this? Um, yeah. Uh, Bottom of the Glass. Alright, so, director, Ben, you have Bottom of the Glass, a treatment for a surreal underground fighting scene hallucinatory experiment film. What was the title, name of your main character? Michael. Michael. Michael the bartender injects some weird drugs and goes on a trip, literally. So,
3: how do you make this bad boy magic? Okay, so first off, I think uh, rather than sort of an American story, I think we're going to, I think this really calls for some British comedy. So, I'm thinking we're going to make this, you know, uh, British and cast Simon Pegg as Michael. I think, I'm like, when I was looking at the script, I was really thinking of sort of like Hot Fuzz-esque, where, you know, it'll consider start with, you know, kind of quirky and then slowly just like goes balls to the wall insanity. So, yeah, so he's a pub owner, because that's what they call it there. Which I did some research and I confirmed.
2: Your yeah, Google foo is great.
3: Yeah, I know. And you know, we we should. I'd like to throw in Martin Freeman in there. Uh, I know he ha- he has a busy schedule. Um, just sort of to be kind of the straight man, sort of his friend. And it's like, man, Michael, your life's in the shitter. And to make weird, like sort of re- reaction faces, which he's good for. You know, it's like, hmm, and what? And whatever I think also what's going to work And we're going to get to the surrealism in a second But I think also um, What I want to really have happen Is as he gets um, He gets so high that he actually becomes More normal the weirder things are going So it's almost like he can Become like the straight man of all the Insanity going around and you know have Sort of the British humor like the British Understatement or like Nonchalant statement like Oh like, oh, that big blob's everywhere. That's gonna mess up, it's gonna mess up the neighborhood or it's gonna mess up my tea. I don't know. I'm not British. I'm sure that Simon Pegg can think of some better, funnier things than that. So as for what we're gonna see, I, I mean, I think we just really need to go completely insane. I want to get some uh, have a focus group of actual LSD people, uh, people who have been on drugs, you know, not legally give them anything, but just give them a notepad and say like, so if you think of anything in the next week doing whatever you guys do, uh, just write it down, if you can, and we'll bring it back. You know, we'll try to go, I'm thinking some Doctor Strange-esque stuff if we can, but obviously that's a whole other budget. I think that also great thing for surrealism will be if we take normal things from the beginning of the movie and bring it, have them come back as, like, completely crazy, uh, that'll be good too. And, I don't know, I think really just the way it's shot, maybe even aspect ratio can change. Like we can keep sort of the real world in more of like a four by three, but then it's like a 16 by nine spreading out as his mind's being expanded, man. That's sort of, I think that will visually help show what's what going on for the audience. So
0: producer, you have the script and uh, storyboard for Bottom of the Glass. It's a uh, aspect-ratio-shifting, normal-things-gone-weird, surreal-trip starring Simon Pegg and Martin Freeman. you like what you see? What's the budget for this thing?
1: Well, of course, I was completely out of my skull on a, uh, a personal uh, proprietary cocktail of uh, Psychotropics uh, when I even picked up this script. Uh, And as the script read itself to me, and also gave me advice about how to treat my cat's lung disorder, I felt connected very strongly to it. I am having a little bit of difficulty with, with getting a budget for this. A lot of people are saying that they wouldn't pay to watch it, much less to have it made. But I am championing this cause for you. Right now, we do not have the budget for Simon Pegg, because with Simon Pegg, he has a contractual obligation that we must also put Nick Frost in. Now, Nick Frost has no such contractual obligation, but Simon Pegg has stated for the record that he will not do a film without having Nick Frost in it. And about Star Trek? anymore. Uh, Nick Frost was in that also, by the way, also in Star Wars 7. He played background characters, but he got paid top dollar top dollar for these. So, my feeling is that we may want to uh, we may want to go with a, uh, an actor that we can afford. And I have a personal connection. Also, Nick Frost is on my shit list. I, I have a personal connection with Riz Darby. So he will also put in a good word uh, with The Flight of the Concords, uh, to appear as a, uh, a band in the background during some of the bar scenes. We will be uh, working, I think, very hard to convince the audiences as well. So we want to make it as, uh, as fun and interesting and give them as many opportunities to buy something like a soundtrack as, as possible. So I'm really going to be <laughs> pushing the multimedia aspect on this. Uh, I think what we are going to be doing is releasing this as as cheaply as possible. I want, I, I want to limit <laughs> the computer graphics, because we we simply can't afford it. They've given us a budget of $12 million. I don't know that we can even have craft services on set. I think we can waft the smell of food. We can afford to do that, waft the smell of food into the film locations.
0: All right, writer Jacob, you have your $12 million budget. Your cast is Reese Darby, Martin Freeman, and The fly of the Concords in the background. We could afford Martin
1: Freeman, but not Simon Pegg. Right now, we haven't heard back from him, but my feeling is probably not. I've got my fingers crossed for you. Martin, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said
0: anything. Martin Freeman, question mark, so... I think the real question is whether or not Martin Freeman
2: likes blowjobs. I think that's on you. Let me Google. Hold on.
1: (laughs) I have heard that he does does like blowjobs, but not mine. Mine have too much teeth. I see. Uh, too much t- I don't recommend Googling for the it. British palate, <clears throat> for the uh, British scrotums palate. Can, can we stop this line of talking?
2: I'm gonna gag. So I think I've I've figured out some more details of this movie based on the the excellent information you guys have given me. And actually, you know, I'm I'm interested in trying to concoct this drug myself just to see if it gives me any more ideas. Um, so the drug in this story is going to be a, a an intense cocktail of nootropics, taurine and painkillers. So the nootropics will like enhance the focus, enhance their minds and you know make them very very focused on completing these tasks. The taurine will give them boundless energy so they can keep going. We don't have to uh, we don't have to worry about them like running out of energy and then painkillers will keep them from feeling pains so when they get to this kind of like underground fight club thing they'll be pumped up and ready to go. You'll have some crazy, kooky, weird, brutal fight stuff. The other thing, since we've got Riz Darby, we've got the Flight of the Concords guys, we're going to set the whole thing in New Zealand so we can like get more New Zealand tourism dollars maybe out of it. Hopefully that gets us the budget we need so that I can eat, because I don't know if I can make the movie if I can't eat. Although, if, you know, if need be, I'll try and concoct that drug and just forget about eating for a while. The other thing I want to do with that is give the whole thing a Lord of the Rings motif. Since we're there, since we're going to be in New Zealand, the the drug is going to be referred to as Lembus, because it's like it keeps you going. It's this like the thing that's going to keep you going for a long time, even when things are shitty. And the the underground fight club is going to be called Rivendell. So we want this like motif going through some of the other like peripheral characters are going to be peripheral characters. From Lord of the Rings, we'll learn like at the beginning of the movie, you know, Martin Friedman's character or whoever we get is gonna be Tom. Then later on, we find out he's Tom Bombadil. So we'll keep adding in these like little elements and kind of add to like the weird sort of fantasy elements peeking their way into this surreal adventure. The other thing that I, I would like to do is make it kind of mysterious, like they don't know why they're like seeking out other people who have taken this drug until they get to that very end. But when they do get to that that end of the road, when they do get to Rivendell, then I want them to kind of come to a resolution and either, you know, I, I'd love some input on this, like decide to reject the drug and like go back to being shitty bartender or like become completely embroiled in it and just like dissolve into nothingness over time as the drug and the Fight Club consumes him.
0: All right, director, you're, the
3: film's given a, Tidy budget and a Middle Earth treatment. What's your new approach? Okay, so what I'm thinking is, what we're gonna do is first off, I'm kind of meeting halfway with the Lord of the Rings thing. I think that a Lord of the Rings will exist as a book and a movie in the thing, in like the universe of the movie that we're in. So the drug then makes them think that they're in Lord of the Rings also. And there can be bits where they actually, we can even just, to save money, we can actually just grab footage from the Lord of the Rings movie, and just superimpose them in there, and just be like, oh dude, and like, we can have triggers where maybe he's watching the movie and suddenly he thinks he's in it, and it's like, oh Gandalf, like, run, run away from the ledge, he's gonna, his whip's gonna grab you, and stuff like that, like, sort of talking at the movie, um, really just kind of go meta with it, you know, make the movie aware it's a movie at certain points. Uh, maybe him talking, have the characters talk through the fourth wall sort of deal too. I think we need to, if we're going to do this, we need to have a character who's named Gandalf, in quotes, but who's actually, they find like a homeless guy and assume that they're Gandalf, and like the Gandalf person just saying like random stuff, and uh, you know, the people are saying like, oh, wise Gandalf? We should sleep under this bench, for it is the turning of the tide of the third age. (laughs) And stuff like that. And then I think at the end, they uh, shit, so they try to reject the drug. So they do reject the drug and then go back to being a normal bartender. And then, like, so the last bit will be um, I don't know who we can get. we can get someone from Lord of the Rings um, just to show up on a day, comes in and, like, orders a drink. Like, Legolas comes in or whatever and just, like, hey, I'd like a drink. And so it's like, am Like, I- actually, Legolas. Or, do you mean or like Orlando Bloom. Or Orlando, Orlando Bloom okay. dressed as Legolas, <laughs> and just sort of the thing being then like. Okay, to be clear, Legolas
2: in character, or like Orlando Bloom in like a Halloween costume of Legolas. Like, is is it Orlando Bloom dressed as Legolas, or is it the Legolas? It is
3: the Legolas. Okay. So and that will kind of at the very end where it's like, you're not sure. Okay, are they still in the drug? Was Lord of the Rings real the whole time? Is he hallucinating? Or is Legolas just, is Orlando Bloom just pulling a prank on this guy? Um, Like, you don't know. And um, I think that we'll bring in fans of Lord of the Rings. It's really weird and, and just we can have a lot of fun making fun of Lord of the Rings. Just showing how like weird and messed up it is with and still have sort of that weird British humor. I think we'll make this really good. And one oh. last thing, is the bit where they're trying to get rid of the drug will be, like, they'll do it exactly like trying to get rid of the ring, you know? You have, like, the heartbeat mm. and, like, the... I d- love you, it. you just need to drop it in the trash can. It's beautiful.
0: All right, uh, so, producer, this is a full Middle
1: Earth parody film? Right, and I for me, as a, a huge fan of, of getting wasted, uh, completely knocked out uh, uh, so that I, I can't remember... Anything except just blurs, the Lord of the Rings films are a personal favorite of mine. However, uh, after checking with the Tolkien estate, we received a response. Uh, It was fairly emphatic. Uh, In fact, a messenger arrived at my office, uh, broke the door down with a hammer, copped a squat on my desk, and pinched out a loaf in which he inscribed the word (laughs) no... (laughs) With a scale replica of Sting digging it in the uh, the sword, not the uh, singer. <laughs> uh, my pencil uh, picture was totally like. <laughs> you and, don't have uh, to
0: pull out the he, red light. Uh, All right,
1: uh, <laughs> he he used this sword to inscribe the word "no" into the wood of my desk. Uh, so so I'm feeling did the sword come out of his they will probably not I didn't see where he pulled the sword from (laughs) or at least I don't trust what I did see with my own eyes Uh, (laughs) we'll have to go generic fortunately if we can film enough locations and kind of work the uh, the New Zealand board of tourism in on this uh, if we show enough of the beauty and the sheep and the uh, the amenities of of New Zealand, of which there are five, then they will give us an additional amount of money. So far, we've managed to get another five million out of them. I think that's the maximum. But I can keep trying. Uh, we just have to add those things, and uh, we could put that toward, and this is my suggestion, this uh, a generic uh, intellectual property. Uh, which can replace Lord of the Rings in all of the sequences uh, Involved. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you boys come up with of course completely out of my skull on uh, Psychotropics, so once we've gotten that done. Uh, I, I did also get a word back from Martin Freeman uh, Similar no not with a sword but a similar no from Martin Freeman, he himself showed up, I don't know where he finds the time, Uh, and he wrote his name, and the word no in urine on my carpet. I'm going to say that's fairly emphatic as well. We did, however, secure Hugh Laurie, who has nothing to do now that House is done. He is uh, an established British treasure. Uh, I will look forward to, uh, to seeing what he can do as an actor and comedian. All right, so, I'm going to put this in the uh, movie machine. As I pull
0: the lever, we get the satisfying thwack of an arrow hitting an orc. And our results come in. And, well, um, (laughs) this movie, people aren't sure what to make of it. You You legally skirted being a Lord of the Rings parody by calling it Left Earth and the Agents of Bondor. (laughs) <laughs> Which people thought was pretty blatant, but technically, legally speaking, <laughs> the Tolkien estate could do nothing. Like, you kept it...
1: Five million dollars well spent.
0: Yeah, yeah, so... Hey, five like, million dollars gives me a lot of Piscatios. Yep, yeah, there's, there's lots of drone shots of the cast walking, because you couldn't actually afford a helicopter... But you found a kid named Steve who would film his father's sheep that had a drone and he just borrowed him for an afternoon. And he got a lot of drone shots from you. You did have to film a commercial for his dad's uh, wool business which is awkwardly put into the film which people just thought was a very (laughs) like they just assumed it was another acid trip by the main characters but it ends up establishing a great wool empire by this kid's Carl's dad's business, and now you have been contracted to make a sequel to the film that has a much larger budget. And, uh, like, the movie didn't make any money, but Carl, the the farmer's dad, made so much money because of the movie that he you all have been hired to do a whole line of wool sweater commercials Hmm. with the former cast of House M.D. led by Hugh Laurie. So you're getting a nice commercial paycheck for doing TV commercials for wool sweaters Looking back on this project. Would you change anything? Is this outcome satisfactory? You know, I think I think the
2: biggest change I would have made had I had the opportunity would have been to just flat-out call it Frodo dies at the end, but I don't think that I have that opportunity anymore now that we're not connected to Lord of the Rings and that could lead to a whole another type of lawsuit you know, Carl's a nice guy. I've I've spent a little time on his farm. I, I got him to try my little cocktail of, of nootropics and taurine and painkillers, and he, he seemed to like it as much as I do. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm finding it okay eating my Piscayos and staring at sheep most of the days. So if uh, I get to make more commercials with sheep, and you know, the, hey, the writing is really easy on those. You just say something kind of inspiring or, like, you know, touchy-feely, warm warm-hearted, and then that's about it for the day. So that that job is pretty cushy, and I, I won't say no to doing more of that. Uh, I think if I could, you know, change the way that the movie worked a little bit, I think I would shy away from, like, the, the fight club aspect of it, and I would make it more about, like, personal growth and enlightenment at the end, and about how, like, getting there with a drug is a poor way to do that. But you know, then again, uh, having spent some time on a sheep
0: farm, uh, doing drugs myself, who am I to judge? So whatever, I'm good. All right. So director, are you satisfied with your commercial
3: wool sweater commercial game? So I don't know how what effect this would have on the movie, but I think one character cast we need is um, just for a cameo. I'm sure we can get him. Is walking as the developer. Christopher Chris Walken as the developer of the drug, just to see him, and we can give him a wool sweater so we can tie in more with the wool. Just sort of selling this drug to this guy. It's like you want to see some craziness. You gotta understand when you inject it directly into your nipples, it's so much better than putting it in your arm. Let me tell you something. I know someone who works for peanuts. His name's Dumbo. Something <laughs> I mean, like that.
1: You know, this just syringe where they wouldn't think to look.
3: Exactly, you know what? And now, Little Man. In fact, you know, we're not even going to write any of his dialogue. We're just going to have him and the main character in a scene together. We're going to give Christopher Walken a syringe of, like, blue stuff and just see what he does. So throw that in there, maybe get some people in there. And I don't know, this is probably more the producer's job, but I think um, as a recommendation, if we could pitch this more to Adult Swim, uh, we might find a greater audience. As something, you know, maybe the two AM thing that they show. And uh
2: There's too many cooks crowd.
3: Yeah. All right, producer, you now through a weird
0: turn not only have a national line of wool sweater commercials you've produced, they're beautiful. You, you also have chopped your film into a mini-series on Adult Swim called The Knights of Bondor. How you feeling?
1: I uh, actually I feel uh stupendous about this. Not only, not only have we done this, but I just went ahead and uh, secured some additional funding from the anti-drug PSA uh, folks who really like the message of the film that the drugs are not the way to get to where you're going and that the main characters, uh, we've promised them, will be throwing away the drugs and returning to their lives. Hilariously, I have spent all of that overage on drugs for myself but, I assure you, it was a tidy sum. The, uh, the other nice thing about working with uh, Adult Swim, uh, they immediately just snapped this right up, uh, is that uh, it doesn't have to make any kind of sense, and uh, to write the more amusing dialogue, we have that wonderful duo uh, of um, Eric and Tom. Uh, Tim. Who, Tim, yes. Uh, pardon me, I am completely out of my skull right now. Tim and Eric, so uh, I imagine that you will be stupendously successful working with this, th- this pair. I have seen their stuff, I don't get it, but I remember laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. I tried so hard to stop laughing, but I was just throwing up and blood was coming out and I couldn't stop laughing. I was sitting on the couch in a pool of my own feces and I could not stop laughing. I could not stop. So I'm really I'm enthusiastic about this project and I think that with their chutzpah and their comedy that uh, we can really push this to a new level of success. All right, well there you have it. It's the producer sitting in his own
0: pool of chutzpah. We have Bottom of the Glass, a.k.a. the Knights of Bondor, presented to you by this talented team. There was air quotes there if you didn't see it. And as always, we end with the wise words of our patron saint, Guy Fieri. This healthy cooking hour is brought to you by butter. Thank you, everyone.